When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club, and today is their huge ocean swim. So the one-kilometre event is currently underway at 10 o'clock this morning will be the two-kilometre event. They are flying at the moment. So they've left the beach. little overcast here, but they've gone around a red marker, which is around about 100 metres out to sea. Now they're heading south, down towards the haven, where they'll turn a yellow marker. It's a rectangular course. And at the moment, they are absolutely flying. As I welcome Michael Butner, I will say my beautiful wife Sharon is out there somewhere in that pack of swimmers, probably... I'd say maybe 150 in this one-kilometre race. Uh, Buttes, good morning to you, my friend. An incredible night last night, but I'm, I'm, I bet you're glad you're here. You're the king of the castle at Terrigan. <laughs> good morning, Steve, and good morning to the listeners. What a, uh, what a great day. It's uh, fantastic to see so many people out there doing this 1K swim. And like you said, Steve, the, uh, the front runners they are flying. They probably kicked off at about 9 o'clock some five, six minutes ago, and I reckon they're about halfway through at the moment. Um, I know where I'd be. I'd be at the back end of this uh, pack here. And I don't know, mate, but your measurements of that 100 metres, that looks about 300 metres to me because when I'm swimming it, it'd feel like about 3K. Yeah, no, I put the GPS on this morning and yeah. I think it was around about just over 80 metres just short of the first red marker. Wow. I'll, I'll tell you who will be at the back of the pack. Uh, former Mayor of Gosford, former Mariners head coach. Oh, he's there. Laurie McKenna is out there. Yes. And he'll come and join us live on the air, but... You know, he was tossing tossing up whether to do the swim and then just thought, let's go and, you know, com- well, complete the race. Well, mate, he's here every day. He comes down for a swim. He's got his little uh, group called the Scozzies, yeah. the Scottish Aussies, and uh, they get down here every day and they jump in the water, they get out the Goldie. Occasionally they'll get out the Red. Uh, the boys there, the markers are located here at the beach. Uh, and so he's uh, probably well-versed and plenty practised, but uh, I've got to say... He's not one of the front runners. That's all I know. Uh, that's right. Well, the uh, leaders have turned the yellow marker. They're now kind of on their way toward the Skillion. We'll update the race for you pretty soon. We've got a lot of NRL to talk about. Huge controversy last night. Right now, though, let's talk A-League because the Central Coast Mariners, what a win in the mm. Derby Buttes. Have you seen a game like that? 4-2, the end result. A goal disallowed late for the Newcastle Jets. Maresh in the 18th. Cummings a double. What a pickup he's been. And last week you heard me mention about Garang Kual, Allo's little brother. What a sensational finish by him in stoppage time. 4-2 win. This afternoon we host Western United as we welcome the head coach, Nick Montgomery. Good morning, mate. And congratulations, first of all, on an incredible derby win. Yeah, morning, guys. Fantastic win for us last week. Obviously, it's uh, you know, three points. We went there to, to get three points and we brought three points back. So, yeah, fantastic for... For the neutrals, no doubt, and yeah, we made uh, what was a non-contest into a bit of a contest. So yeah, it was exciting, uh, exciting end to the game. 
Yeah, I tell you, when you led 3-0, it just uh, looked like, uh, you know, this could be anything. And then suddenly, just after the break, the Jets pull a couple back, including an own goal, and then you're under the pump, probably for the next half hour, 45 minutes. Mm, no, I'm not sure how to agree with you there, Steve, but, um, yeah, look, we gave them two goals back. It was really sloppy defending from us and, and an own goal. Uh, but after that, I think you went on chances in the game. I think Jason Cummins could have had four or five goals and the rest yeah. could have had a hat-trick. Um, so we could have easily killed the game off. And, and yeah, look, like you said, it was uh, a fair play for the Jets putting a couple of crosses in the box second half, but we should have dealt with them a lot better. We didn't, and, and yeah, we uh, made it into a bit of a contest. And, yeah, it got fiery at the end, but yeah, Garang, Garang comes on at the end and just kills the game off, which was which was nice. But I think uh, on another day, we, we probably could have scored seven or eight goals without a doubt. Monty, Monty, what I'm loving is, and I think it's a credit to you and what you've instilled in the players coming off the bench, is the impact they have. You know, Hatchie's come off the bench and scored goals. We saw Quoll come on within two or three minutes. He's put one in the back of the net and basically sealed the goal. It's so important in a game when you make changes that these players come on. Not only do they lift the tempo, but they have an impact. And, you know, I think that's been really evident with the Mariners this year. Yeah, look, we've got the smallest budget in the league. We've got the smallest squad in the league. But what's important is that, that everybody's in it, in it for the same reason and that's to win a game of football. And I think, you know, I always talk about the starting eleven. But it's not just a starting eleven; it's it's the subs on the bench as well. It's it's, it's a team game, and you know, to be honest, I say if I don't want anyone on the bench if they're, if they're going to be loafing around and, and you know disappointed they're not starting. And I, I think you can see that's not the case. It doesn't matter who you know who is on the bench; they have a job to do. You know, they, they get well paid to, to be footballers. So just because you're not starting the game doesn't mean you can't come off the bench and, and make an impact. And, and yeah, look, it's, I think it's a good uh, good gauge on the team spirit and the togetherness of the boys that. And these boys come off to the bench, you know, they're, they're, they're desperate to make an impact. And, and yeah, it's been really good for us that, that, we can, that we can make that impact off the bench. Nick, I, I really want to talk about Western United this afternoon. Last time you met it was 2-all. But first, can we just... I, I love what you said at the press conference yesterday about the Pena suspension. Basically, it's just a slap on the wrist. And it's unbelievable that he's available to face us in the final round of the season. Uh, uh, can you just recap what you said for the media yesterday? Because I think you hit the nail on the head. I just think everybody was shocked. You know, I just think it's uh, just seems ridiculous that you can get caught elbowing. You know, in, in the space of a month, get sent off twice and get a two-game ban. It's uh, yeah, look. You know, I'm sure there'll be a, a review into it, but yeah, it just I don't think anyone thought that when he was sent off that he'd be seen again this season. So yeah, it uh, seems a bit ridiculous, but yeah, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, you know what? It was a really, it was a really silly act on his part when you consider, you know, and it was a fiery contest. There's no doubt about that. In fact, it's probably one of the more fiery contests we've seen <laughs> yeah. in terms of local derbies for a long time. And, and, and when you think about the stats and where they sat, 18, ga- 18 wins each, 18 draws each, 65 goals, I think it was a piece. Like, it, everything was on the line. Uh, what about the theatre too, Buttes, where Pena goes down the tunnel and suddenly there's a guy standing there, Matty Simon. <laughs> oh, the antagonist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, did he, how did he get there? <laughs> Uh, that's the last person you want to uh, run into as she's trudging off the pitch from the red card. But. 
Yeah, it, it, it was absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah. let, let's talk about Western United now because last time it finished 2-all, you, you mentioned about us missing chances against the Jets. We had plenty of opportunities against Western United to seal the deal, including a, a penalty kick from Cummings uh, late in the match, and it finished 2-all. Yeah, we went down to Ballarat. Obviously a difficult trip for us, a long, long, obviously a long journey. But on the night, I thought we deserved to win the game. And, yeah, Jason missing that penalty in the last minute. Um, yeah, that, that was, again, that, that should have sealed the three points. But we came away with a point and, and took it as, you know, as a good point away from home at one of the, one of the, you know, the biggest budget uh, spending teams in, in the competition. We've got a good squad. Um, they're going well this season. But, yeah, we got them at home today. We don't fear anybody. And, and yeah, we'll go out today and, and we'll go for three points. But when last week, uh, Monty sees you guys jump into sixth spot, which is a phenomenal effort when you consider where you were some 10, 12 rounds ago. Um, but this, again, is one of those important games because when you look at the table, uh, you guys are on 33, MacArthur 32, Sydney FC on 31. There's three teams there vying for that final third spot, and it is critical. Uh, to get as many points possible over the, the final uh, few rounds. Well, we've got three games in hand. They've got two. two. So, yeah, yeah. But like you say, Butte's absolutely massive, Nick. Yeah, look, three games to go. And, and we know if we if we win, if we can win the games, that, that should cement us in the top six. But we don't take anything for granted. You know, today's a big game against a, a very strong outfit um, who, who, yeah, they're fighting for the Premier's play as well. So mm. a lot on the line. Obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're at home hoping for a good crowd. Bring your kids free. So anyone listening out there with kids aboard this afternoon, grab your kids and your friends and, and head down to the stadium and give us the support we need because three games to go, two home games. And, and, yeah, hopefully we can get in the finals. Hey, Nick, Butes has got the next question, but just an update on this one-kilometre race at Terrigal, the Ocean Swim. It looks like there's someone maybe about five metres out in front and he is hammering home. A couple of swimmers, maybe two or three just behind and a little off course at the moment. So you've got to finish north of the surf club, and the leading swimmer is heading back. Or actually, I think he's right on target, right on target because there's a, a finishing area just to the south of, south of the surf club. He's got his compass ready, mate. He's good. He's good yeah. to go. Take it away, Butes. Speaking about the antagonist, Matty Simon, are we going to see him back on the field at any stage this year? Well, just quickly, I'm sure that's not Laurie McKinnon out the front anyway. But uh, <laughs> I can assure you, mate, 100 percent it is so not. He's bobbing around, bobbing around at the back. But uh, look, the look, Matty Simon, he's um, yeah, he's got a really tough season. It's it's been a, it's been an injury that yeah, it's just a really difficult one. So look, I'm not sure we'll we'll see him again this season. He's, he's back in training a little bit. Um, so yeah, look, you know, we're not going to force him. We're not going to push him. And, and yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Two, three games to go, and then hopefully final. So you never know. What's going to be the key tonight, mate? Uh, the key, it's our home game. Is, is the way that we approach the game, like we do every week. And you know, I think uh, you know, we, we scored a lot of goals lately, so you know, we're going to continue con- continue uh, playing attacking football. And look, they're a physical team. I think keeping Freevich quiet, the big number nine for them, the marquee player. He's uh, he's a big threat for them. And and yeah, they got some uh, they, they got some decent players in that front third. But nah, the key is us playing like we can. And if we do that, we can beat anybody. I think it's got to be satisfying when you think about, you know, how how you guys have done in terms of the goals that you've scored, how effective you've been uh, in that area. Obviously, Cummins has been a massive coup for you guys, and uh, he's, you know, I agree with what you said earlier on about the fact that, you know, he had multiple chances in that uh, second half there, uh, and you know, couldn't quite, you know, 
get it across the line or put it in the back of the net. But nevertheless, when you're creating opportunities, it means you you know you're in a good place in terms of your attacking ability. Yeah, look, Jason's a top 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 player. You know, he's a goal scorer. And, and yeah, like you said, he's on nine goals. I think he could easily be on 14, 15 goals and, and be top of the goal scoring charts. And we only signed him in January, so that, that, that speaks volumes for the quality of player he is. But, you know, we, you know, we got Maresh, we got Marco Shirene, um, you know, and Benny Nicololo chipping in with goals, Hatchie on the other side, Nikolai Muller. So, you know, when everyone's chipping in with goals, it's, it takes a lot, a lot of pressure and it means everyone can go out there and play as a team. And, and you know, you don't see that selfishness in front of goal where, Everybody's trying to score, and, and, and I think that's really important. Hey, by the way, we've seen our first two women finish as well, and they're right up the pointy end of this field. Uh, I'll tell you what I do notice. Just an observation, Nick and Buttes, is that, you know, previously the Mariners, we seem to have a lot of tough calls go against us, but I'd like to get your thoughts. When you become such, an, such a potent attacking threat with all the arsenal we've got up front, you kind of take those bad decisions out of the equation in some way, shape or form because it looks like, like you said, we could have scored six or seven. Mate, what are your thoughts, Buttes? Mate, I'm telling you now, we had, we've had more than our fair share of bad calls early in the season. Um, and yeah. I think it's turned now. But what I'm saying is, though, now that, now that in the front third we're so formidable and yes. so potent, it kind of takes some of those bad decisions out of the equation because you look like you could score at will. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And it's a credit to what Monty's done there with the, uh, in the attacking side of the team. When you consider we've scored eight goals in the last two matches. Yeah. So, any thoughts on that, Nick? Look, I think, you know, when when talk about bad calls, no one can uh, no one can question that. We've had some crazy, crazy calls this season and actual calls that cost us points you know, in that midpoint of the season, which was disappointing because you've had them points on, which I felt we fairly deserved. We should be, you know, we would be higher up than we are. But look, I, know, I always think that the best form of defence is attack, and, and yeah, when we get calls like we do, you know, we have to make sure that we that we put the game out of sight, and, and, and you know, we don't get, get these bad calls that, that end up costing us points. So no, look, it's they say eaves in itself out over the over the course of the season. I wouldn't say that's really true with us, but you know, we have had a couple of uh, you know decent calls. Fair calls, but look, we'll keep pushing on now. And what we can't do is rely on the, the, the officials or anybody else. We've got to uh, we've got to rely on ourselves. And, and when we play the way we can, we can beat anybody. So I think that's that's our main focus: just focus on what we're good at, and that's been a good team. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. We really appreciate you being available every mm. Saturday morning. Massive game this afternoon. Kick off at 4:05 against Western United, the number two team in the competition. Nick Montgomery, thanks for your time and good luck. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Head coach of the Central Coast Mariners, Nick Montgomery. We're off to our first break. Saturday's on the coast on SEN. Uh, obviously, the McDonald Jones open line is, is open, up and running. We'll give you that number in just a few moments' time. Love to hear your thoughts on the send-off in the footy last mm. night. Carl Lawton sent straight off for a tackle on Cam Murray. We'll discuss that in a moment with Tony Clark on Saturday's on the coast. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, we're live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. Looks like the mother of all storms is rolling in. We're watching the one-kilometre race this morning. Uh, we'll have some results for you in a few moments' time, but absolutely fantastic. Buttes. Is that who I think it is? Was that who I thought it was rolling in? Yeah. Yes. The beautiful Sharon Allen's just finished and hundreds of swimmers in this first race, including... 
the inaugural coach of the Central Coast Mariners. Laurie McKenna is out there somewhere. He told me last time they finished last, him and his little posse. What do you call them, Buttes? Uh, the Scozzies. Scottish Aussies is what they're called, the Scozzies. Yeah, what a fantastic swim this morning. The two-kilometre race is coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, so around about 35 minutes' time from now. And i tell you what really impressed me in that first race, and I can't wait to broadcast the names. Uh, a couple of young girls, I reckon in the top five or six. Mm-hmm. How quick they were, <laughs> how far they You know what, they finished. You know the beauty of it is, they finished in the well and truly. I reckon there was probably five or six girls that finished in the top 20. Yes. Right, which is an outstanding effort. And they're obviously, you know, involved with the surf club and uh, clearly have got, you know, very good technique because... Uh, you know, they've probably finished within 12, 13 minutes, I'd say. Which yeah, is a phenomenal yeah. swim. I've actually signed up for a swim tomorrow, Buttes, in Sydney at South Curl Curl. Wow. So you start there, but you finish at Freshwater Beach. Okay. And then Corey and myself did a swim at Caves Beach last week. Uh, fantastic race. And, uh, yeah, so the New South Wales Ocean Swimming Series is uh, hugely popular and looking forward to doing a race in Sydney tomorrow. Let's go to our next guest. He's been waiting patiently on the line. We welcome him back. In fact, we should start a slow clap for this guy. The great Tony Clark joins us, uh, coach of the Central Coast in 2022 and, of course, numerous premierships along the way with Woi Woi and also Wyong. TC, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, boys. It's been a while, so it's a pleasure to be back on. Uh, firstly, I guess we've got to talk about last night. Absolutely incredible with, with a send-off in the game between the Rabbitohs and the Sea Eagles. Rabbitohs winners 40-22. to 22. Mm-hmm. My first comment about that match is, what a performance from Des Hasler's men. You know, it was 30-22 with about 10 minutes to play and such a gallant performance with 12 men. I mean, you and Buttes would know exactly what that feels like. And, you know, Rabbitohs winners in the end, but well done to Manly. Oh, definitely, Steve. I think it was uh, probably one of the bravest efforts I've seen, actually. I've, I've got to be honest, I was um, quite disappointed in, um, in South Sydney, but uh, I, I think they're way off where they need to be. But, again, um, you know, being 12 men and, and still in the game with, you know, sort of 20 to go, it, uh, or 15 to go, it was um, a very brave effort. But uh, I have no doubt that um, Lawton should have been sent off too. I just think it was, it was just black and white that he, uh, he had to leave the field. Yeah, look, I agree with you, Clark. When you look at the incident, um, it, it was clearly a lift and tackle. There was some momentum in the tackle, which I totally understand. And, you know, that if they end up going to the judiciary, it might be something that he comes up with. But he stayed in the tackle. He took him down to the ground. You know, you could say he was driving him into the ground. Uh, the position that um, Cam Murray found himself in, where he had no ability to protect himself. Uh, the bit that, you know, staggers me is that we've got someone uh, as well regarded in the game as Phil Gould saying that uh, because he wasn't injured, he shouldn't have been sent off. I'm going, you know what, if there is an injury from a tackle like that, it's generally a catastrophic one. Yeah, do you so want to show him Do you want to show him Alex McKinnon correct. yet again? We don't want to see that stuff again. We can't afford to see that in our game again, okay? And I just, it staggers me that someone of that standing in our game would make comments it, like that. It was millimetres oh. away from being tragic. Mm. It, it, it was, yeah, I cannot believe when I heard that this morning, I was arguing at North of Oka Beach this morning about it, and, and I cannot believe that Gould would, would even, you know, contemplate a, a, a anything other than a send-off. Because as you said, Michael, um, I mean, lifting tackle, yeah, but he, ha- he could have dropped out, just let, he, let Cam go, which would have been dangerous enough. But when he drove yes. him to the ground, you know, that, 
That's uh, it's what Brandy Alexander said. With um, uh, you know, it was nine and eighty stuff, Michael. You know, it, yeah. uh, it was disgraceful, and, and and I just can't believe it. You know, but we could talk about Google for a whole segment, lads. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Clarky, and and I look at this. I look at the tackle. Like it was a left shoulder tackle. He goes in, and and the position of the field where he was. I dare say he was almost expecting someone on his inside to be coming across, which you would generally expect to be joining that tackle. Uh, therefore, that sort of with that momentum and whatever else, it sort of saves the incident from happening. That didn't happen because of for whatever reason. So it just meant that um, he went through with the tackle, followed it down, and yeah, Cameron Murray was very fortunate that he landed the way he did. There was no serious injury from it. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the match review committee uh, see that for uh, in terms of a charge. Well, I dare what, do you, say, what do you think, boys? I, I think it'll be a grade three dangerous throw. So how long's that? I, I don't know what it works out now because they've changed the system in terms of points and matches. But I think it'll sit probably at a grade three. What about you, TC? Oh, no, I'm with Michael. And, and with Michael's experience, of course, with the uh, with, a, with a match review, I, I'd be going with that. I, I'd imagine that it'd be three to four weeks. You know, I don't know. Lawton's record, and, and I mean, he certainly didn't mean it, but as Michael said, you know, you, 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 the, it was a strange tackle tech, you know, that close, to, you know, two metres out that his bent got low and um, and and, um, and driven the way he did. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think he'll be playing for a few weeks. Uh, you'd remember how easy that is to happen, though. Oh, of course, and, you know, and it was. You know, they're, they're much stronger these days, these players. You know, they can squat 200 kilos. So lifting a player who's got momentum and he's running and, and all those things, that's not hard to do. You know the thing that really frustrates me, Clarky, uh, especially with the commentators, is time and time again where we see incidents like this and everybody keeps going, look, there was no intent, right? You know what? No one has any intent to go out and lift someone and throw them on their head, right? That part of our game is well and truly gone. The game's cleaner than it's ever been. I just wish they would get away from that intent. You know what? It was clearly careless, okay, and at the high end of carelessness. So, again, there's no intent. We, we get that. Oh, mate, in the 15 years I was doing that job, there was only one intentional high tackle that I ever saw. So from that end, I just go, you know what, the, the commentators need to have a, a really good think about what they're saying in terms of that. I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. Yeah, it's, it really is frustrating, mate. Now, look at it, you look at the uh, South Sydney side, mate, and you talked about how... You know, they, they haven't looked good, right? I think the loss of... Um, I think Luttrell. the loss Of Luttrell, I think the loss of Adam Reynolds is even more significant. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he's been outstanding for the Broncos, but his experience... And I feel for Ilias to some degree that he's a young kid who's coming in to this squad. Their grand final is from last year. And he's just a young kid. His first year in first grade... Just doing his best. And, yeah, they you know, were lucky to beat the Bulldogs. Uh, they got lucky there with Marshall King sent off. They got beaten yeah. last week by the West Tigers, who thoroughly deserved their victory. I think they got lucky last night. Well, it wasn't luck. It was some individual brilliance from Thomas Burgess. Yeah, correct. And you don't lose. Well, you can't replace 12, 10, 12 years of experience in Adam Reynolds with a rookie. That's the biggest thing for me, Clarkie. Oh, 100%. I, 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 just, I still it defies belief that they let him go. You know I mean? They're talking about yep. salary cap pressure and different things, but... But it is, and you can see, mate, they've fallen into the trap, and the teams that are, I call it the Sam Walker. Well, really, it's the Andrew Johns effect because you're going to get to see how poor um, Newcastle are in this in this uh, offense situation where they think they can play off the cuff, 
Like it, it, it just drives me nuts. Like like Newcastle are horrible, South are horrible, Canterbury are horrible because they all think <laughs> they think no, but they they're, they're thinking that oh they'll, they'll you know eyes up eyes up footy like Joey yes. talks about it all the time. There was only one Andrew Johns and he could, you know he could do it, but, but we've got it we've got it because the defensive systems are so well organised. You still need to attack from a point, you know, and and, yeah. and it, it just it frustrates me no end. Yeah, TC, can you stay with us? Uh, we've got to go to the news. Can you hang around for one more break? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need uh, to hang uh, around, mate, because we've got plenty to talk uh, about. By the way, too, we've got the official results, uh, thanks to Nick Kelly, who's the on-beach MC at the moment, doing a fantastic job. So the winner of the one-kilometre race was Erwin Mulatto. Uh, second place was Jack Green. Third place, I told you, there were a whole bunch of young ladies. Yep. Jasmine Alexiou. Wow. Chris Wilson's in fourth place. Kai Green, fifth. Stephanie Carey, who's an outstanding swimmer, has finished sixth. Toby Becker is seventh. Jody Mead is eighth. Elizabeth Shearer is ninth. Mia Elliott is tenth. And another young lady, or two young ladies, three in fact, Charlie McDonald, Zara Green, Stella Norris, who's part of the Danica Clark Foundation, Eloise Starr. Wow. That, that is your top 14, and what did I rattle off? About seven or seven eight, eight young eight ladies. Yeah, yeah, fantastic ever from the girls. Uh, by the way, my wife Sharon did the swim. She just told me it felt like 10 kilometres out there, <laughs> and not one. So, And we're still waiting on the... Here he is. Oh, there he is. just crossed the line. Laurie McKenna has just gone across the line in the one-kilometre swim. The 2K race coming up in around about 27 minutes from now. Pleasure to be here on the balcony at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. We're back after the news. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. Uh, the one kilometre swim. Almost all of the swimmers are back. Would you say Buttes maybe the last Looks couple? Like there's two to go, Steve. Just. I think they might have been just rounding up the troops, mate. You know, like the old sheepdog? Uh, yeah. So here we go, round them up. Yeah, congratulations again to the winners. And like we said, uh, the stars of the one-kilometre race are all the young ladies who've had a fantastic swim. By the way, the McDonald Jones Open Line. Get your dream McDonald Jones home started today. 0477 736 736 is the text. The Open Line, 1300 42 15 33. What are your thoughts about last night? Did you agree with the send-off? What about the comments from Phil Gus Gould? Uh, do you agree with what he had to say, or are you diametrically opposed? Staggered. Yeah. Blown away. So let, let us know your thoughts this morning. What about Souths? You know, TC and Buttes said they're way off the mark, but if you're a Rabbitohs fan, I mean, now they're, are they sitting sixth Buttes after last mm, night? Yeah. So Look, they've still got a bit of work to do, the Rabbitohs. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're nowhere near the force that they were last year. Our, listener, our listeners might have a different opinion. Oh, yeah, Let's mate. go straight back to Tony Clark and TC. Uh, I just heard in the news they said Penrith cruised to victory against the Gold Coast. Oh. They were down 4-0 at half time and a real clunky performance from the Premiers. Your thoughts? Oh, definitely, sir. I, uh, I, ca- I caught the second half. And, um, yeah, very surprised. I think it was... Uh, but I think they've equaled their last year's record of being eight, eight, uh, eight consecutive victories. I'm, I'm sure that is what they did last year, so... They're probably, uh, you know, probably going to have a little down performance. But, um, 
the thing I love about Penrith is, is they've just got that um, energy, you know, from Nathan Cleary or Jerome Lulawai, you know, or, or someone just changes the whole momentum of the game. So um, clunky, but uh, again, you know, a pretty comprehensive victory in the end. You know what, Clarky, you know what they've got, right? And for me, and you touched on it earlier, just before the break, about teams that want to play off the cuff, right? They're very structured, the uh, Penrith Panthers, but they've also got the ability to play off the cuff. And the reason that is, is because, and similar with the Melbourne Storm, okay, is because their basic skill set is so good, right? Their execution of their plays is so good. So when they get that opportunity to play off the cuff, Everybody just rolls forward. You know what? You watch the Melbourne Storm. Gee, I'm glad you mentioned them. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. It's Melbourne Storm, unbelievable. Se- 70 to 10 in the Anzac points. round. 54 points in the second half. Unheard of. Like, yeah, but absolutely ridiculous. It all comes off what you said. They, like, they, they, they playing, earn the right to play. Correct. They, they are yeah. playing flatter than any other team in the competition. You watch their structure. They are flat. When they need to put their plays on, they'll be deep and they'll have the depth that they need. But when they're just coming out of their line, they play flat. They look for the offload, and then they play off the cuff. And I think that's because they've got such a thorough, uh, comprehensive uh, understanding of their basic skills, and it's just so apparent. Couldn't agree more. That, some of the tries they scored, I honestly got out of my chair and, and applauded on uh, yep. on Anzac night. That, that, because exactly what you said, that their belief in their systems and their systems work, and they, and they can play off the cuff, but there was one that... I think Justin Holland uh, scored, you know, Pappenhausen took it, and you could just see that they built a number for him, and everyone knew their role, you know, and, and it's a pleasure to watch, absolute pleasure to watch. You're, you know what, and, and that's, the other thing is, they've all got roles, they've all got responsibilities, and they all understand if they do it right, and execute it properly, that they are going to seriously threaten the defensive line each and every time, and clearly, you know, they've got it down packed, they've got a master coach in, in Wayne, uh, sorry, in Craig Bellamy, and it's so apparent. Um, mate, I look at the, the Thursday night game, Broncos versus yeah. the Sharks, 16 points to seven. Sharks go in at halftime, seven, six up. If any team was clunky uh, so far this weekend, it was the Sharks. Uh, unfortunately for them, I think they're a very good side. and I, I love what Nico Hines is doing, but I just found that they were a little bit off. Just their execution wasn't where it needed to be, and, and that resulted in a loss for them on Thursday night. Yeah, no, definitely, Michael. The, the, the thing, and let's give the Broncos some credit too. I mean, they yes. had such resolve in their D, and 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 and, and it took the time away from Nico, took the time away, um, uh, you know, from the from their playmakers. And, uh, and and I was I was really happy for the Broncos actually because they they showed, as I said, some resilience and resolve. And uh, um, you know, it, it, it's a big win, and hopefully that'll you know kickstart them. And and um, and Kevin can you know get a couple of wins uh, under uh, under his belt because it's um, you know we we do need the Broncos to. Uh, to be a force in our competition. TC, uh, last week you were at a coaches' conference. I believe Mal Meninga was there. Was Neil Henry there as well? And tell us more about it at Sydney Olympic Park. Yeah, it was um, it was a it was a wonderful conference. Steve, an initiative by the New South Wales Rugby League in conjunction with the NRL. It was a leadership conference. Everyone from uh, every, from every region in New South Wales attended. Uh, we had head coaches as uh, I look after the Central Coast area and then, um, you know, strength and conditioning coaches and, and, and the manager of the areas. We had, uh, it was facilitated by the great Adam Perry, 2004 Canterbury uh, Premiership winner, mm. Steve-O. What a champion man, yeah. Adam is. Yeah, um, I love the nugget. We had, uh, we had um, uh, Neil Henry uh, is, is the, uh, the, the head coach. They're doing a wonderful job. I mean, I've... I've 
don't give you know I'm, I'm quick to criticise on uh, on what we could be doing better. But as a game, this initiative, which is which is an Australian first, um, they they had a uh, a trial run in Queensland last year under James Hinchy, who was with the Broncos for years. Uh, James ran it on on the, and their their numbers have risen dramatically around uh, South East Queensland in participation. So what it what it entails is it, it's for the for the 13 to 15 year olds that aren't in a rep program, so they're not playing Harold Matz or uh, you know Andrew Johns Cup or, or SG Ball. So what we're what we're looking to do is skill these kids up um, so that they have some confidence going forward and, and hopefully you know they stay in the game a little bit longer. Um, it was a, an idea put forward by Mal. Unfortunately, Mal couldn't make it due to COVID. He, he was allowed to pull out, but uh, um, the Rise program. Uh, is something that he developed in conjunction with Brad Donald was there, the Jillaroos coach, champion bloke mm. Brad, um, the, the women's coach. And they developed, um, because they did notice there was a little bit of hesitancy, hesitancy around the kangaroo jumper, which was which I nearly fell off my chair when they said that. But Mal um, has, when he began the journey as, as a Australian kangaroo cho- he, uh, coach, he, he asked the players about where they'd come from. So Rise is routine, identity, socialise and evolve um, with, uh, you know, develop a, a consistent approach to what you're doing. So it, it's a holistic approach. I know I'm going on here a bit, boys, I'm sorry, but it's a holistic approach because we have uh, life skills, you know, strength and conditioning. We had, um, in conjunction with the Griffith University, Professor Alison Waters has done a specific NRL program for, for the kids coming through. Uh, and, yeah, it was... I, I, I could talk about it for an hour because I come away driving home on Sunday night just going, how good is that, that our game is, is being proactive in, in keeping... Because the NRL clubs have finally realised that without, you know, you don't water the roots, you're not going to get the flower. So that's where mm. we need, you know, participate. And we need strong community rugby league, Michael. And, and, you know, you've got to be proud to play first grade for a while. Be proud to play, you know, and aspire to that. So, so hopefully we, can, we, we start in a couple of weeks. It's, it's five sessions between now and September. Um, it's only one a month, and, and we've opened it to the, the 13, 15-year-olds on the coast. And the other thing it does, as being appointed head coach, I will have uh, three league coaches under me, um, and then we, we, we have put an invite out to all junior coaches in that age group to come and to come and be part of it too, just to you know, to ideally skill them up a little bit too. Yeah, speaking of local footy in the men's comp last week, Wyong winners, 18-16 over the Colts. Terrigal, 32-12 over the Berkeley Vale Panthers. The Entrance Tigers, 20-12 winners against Tookley. And Erina, who led the competition last year, I, I believe they were undefeated under Dane Allen last year before the competition was called off. 36-18 against Woi Woi. I know we've got to go to a break in a moment, TC, but what are you hearing after round one of the competition? Uh, very, very impressive Erina uh, Eagles' performance, Steve, um, because Woi Woi are chock full of under Toby Marks, chock full of of young players, and uh, yeah, very impressive. And they said that the Kingcumber, Kingcumber Wild game was a, was of a very high standard, and um, you know could have gone either way. So yeah, here's, here's hoping that we you know we see some good footy throughout the year. Yeah, sounds great, mate. And you're so you're head coach of Central Coast in 2022. Yes, yeah. So it's it's the, the head coach of the Central Coast region, um, and uh, we uh, on May the 14th we have a, a another another seminar on the coast with um, my development coaches. Um, to, to upspeed them on, on what, what the program entails. So, yeah, yeah, we're... Uh, and as I said, I'm just... I'm really excited about, um, you know, being able to help, uh, hopefully, help rugby league, you know, not so much grow at the moment, but just sort of stabilise our numbers. 
You know what it means, Butes. You know what it means. TC being head coach. He's a big dog. It looks like Butes is asleep at the wheel. I'm good, It mate. means I'm a here. standing O for our great ah, mate, Tony Clark. Why wouldn't we? Super stuff, TC. Great to talk to you and enjoy the rest of the weekend. And I'm sure there'll be a role for Michael Butner. Very, very close at Aaron Arazel in a couple of Monday nights. So I'll be in touch Leave those. Leave my Monday nights free. Yeah. The uh, open line number is 1300 42 15 33. That's all thanks to McDonald Jones. We'll update you on the NBL in a few moments. Adam back at headquarters has got all the results, including the Sydney Kings win. And also thanks, as always, to Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. Off to a break. Back in a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Terrigal and the rain has hit and swimmers are warming up now for the two-kilometre event. We've had the one-kilometre race and... Uh, the great Paul Lamont joins us from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club, Australian Masters record holder after a sensational meet last weekend. Yeah. Uh, Paul, great to see you upstairs on the balcony. And uh, tell us more about your Masters swimming last week. Yeah, well, I participated in the Masters Swimming Australian National Championships in Sydney last week. And it was only a couple of weeks after Aussie Surf. And I competed in my new age group. And I came away with six national records, which I didn't expect in my new age group. Um, in the uh, 200 and 400 individual medley, 200 metre backstroke. The, I don't do much of that in the surf. But also the two, four and 800 freestyle. So I was quite surprised. I didn't expect that. And um, at the end of the meet, I was quite surprised. And I don't go out to get it. I just wanted to go down and, and see what I could do. Um, they awarded me male swimmer of the meet, so I was very pleased with that. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, what an effort. He's, abso- a, he's a Mark Spitz. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Uh, well done, mate. Mark Spitz. Yeah. I, I like it, Butts. Yeah, thanks very much. I've well, done my research. Michael Phelps. Super stuff. And what was your most impressive swim in your opinion? Um, believe it or not, and I haven't done much of it because um, was I think it was my 200-metre backstroke um, because I was only two seconds off the world record in that. Oh. And I really haven't prepared much for that. Like, I basically, my preparation was actually for the Australian surf titles um, weeks before. Like, I was basically swimming a couple of mornings a week. And then the other mornings, I'd be ski paddling, board paddling and doing Ironman training. So, um, but backstroke's probably always been my strongest stroke and the one that comes naturally to me. So... Butes has got his hand up. He wants to ask yeah, a question, yeah. but can you give us a time? Like, what kind of time? Yeah, you're yeah. Two um, seconds off a world record. Yeah, um, the world record is 2.16 high, and I did 2.18 high or 2.19, I think. Yeah. My goodness. Most people wouldn't do that doing freestyle. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm one of those people too. Yeah. I'd be still swimming <laughs> this 1K, I can assure you right now. Uh, the, so in addition to your six national records yeah. that you got last weekend... Talk to us about the Aussie titles. How many national titles do we have now? Yeah, I'm um, actually... Did you crack uh, the 100 mark? Not not quite. Oh. Um, I'm on 
with Pearl Rescue, everything included, I'm on 99 at the moment. So I never, ever imagined I'd ever get to that. Um, and, and Steve knows that that's not the reason I do it for either. I do it just because I just enjoy competing and meeting up with friends and new fr old friends, new friends, and um, just getting out there competing and in the variables that the surf can put on us. Yeah, Paul, uh, we just saw the one-kilometre race here at Terrigal at your home surf club. Erwin uh, Mulatto in first place, Jack Green second in the one-kilometre race. A young lady, Jasmine Alexiou, in third. What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, Elliot, the, the guy who won it, he was fantastic. He looked like really smooth in the water um, and looked very comfortable. And the guy who got second, Jack Green, he's actually um, he's one of the guys who I coach. He, he's an up-and-comer. He made the Australian... Um, under 17 board final and was right up there um so he's one of one to look out for how would they how would you have gone against these guys time wise do you think um, <laughs> just curious well <laughs> yeah well actually it's funny you say that jet and i um uh have been this season have been very much the same yep. and we've been great training buddies and um and i think next season he'll be ahead of me because he's he's developing he's still a developing athlete and um I, I predict a big future for him. Yeah, Paul, so he's been too humble. No, no, he's very, he, very he, humble, mate. He flicks a switch on game day. He, he's out there doing water safety, much to the relief <laughs> of every competitor out there. Yeah. Hey, we need to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, then we'll come back and get some uh, results from the NBL overnight, all thanks to KO. Thanks also to McDonald Jones Homes. Don't forget the open line, 1300 42 15 33. Uh, just one more word from Paul Lamont before he goes back to do water safety. Who would maybe be the favourite for the two-kilometre race coming up in six minutes? Well, I know for a fact, um, I think Elliot will be very difficult. If he does that again, he'll be very difficult to beat going on the way he went then. He looked really comfortable in the water and very much like a Kyhurst-type technique. Ooh, that's a fair so he looked good. He looked yeah. good. All right, off to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast Live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. The two-kilometre race about to start in a few moments' time. But let's go back to the studio. We do this all thanks to KO, where you can catch the MBL on ESPN. Adam, you've got the latest from Overnight. I do, guys, and it's a great show out there. Look forward to the next hour coming up. But in terms of the NBL, the Sydney Kings, 89-79 to 79 winners over the Illawarra Hawks in Game 1, which means they'll play Game 2 at home. If they do manage to win that game, of course, they will be in the final against the winner of the, of course, the three-match series. And the other three-match series is between Melbourne and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Melbourne going 1-0 up last night, so we've got Tasmania and Melbourne in their Game 2 tonight. The Kings play at 3 p.m. in Game 2 on Sunday. So that is the state of the NBL here in Australia. Uh, there's plenty more to come right here on Saturdays on the Coast, so stay with us for the second hour. Plenty more to talk about. Uh, of course, Nerida Stewart, one of the guests, I believe also uh, Ian Moosebury-Rebilliard as well, among others. So plenty more to come. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. News is next.
Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. Live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club and the two-kilometre race is underway. If you missed the earlier result, the one-kilometre race, Erwin Mulatto was the winner. Jack Green in second place. Young lady Jasmine Alexiou was third, and we just saw the start of the two-kilometre event. She was off, was she? Jasmine Alexiou took off like she was shot out of a cannon. So I dare say I can see about four or five swimmers. They're heading south yeah. towards the Haven. I think they're being guided by <coughs> Paul Lamont, who was just on the show. He's doing the water safety, leading the way. Yeah, so really looking forward to this one. The, the winners in the one-kilometre race are around about the 14-minute mark, so we're thinking they'll be finished here in under half an hour. It'll be interesting <coughs> watching the tactics of these first five groups and whether they swap the lead at various stages, you know, similar to the cycling. You know, so you get in a little bit of a slipstream uh, of Pel- stages. Peloton. Peloton, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I don't think it's the done thing in this type of event. In surf swimming, you can jump on someone's feet. Yeah. Last week at Caves Beach, I was touching someone's toes, and uh, I was kind of told afterwards it's not really the done thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of ocean out there. Uh, you, you can swim in a pack. No slipstreaming. Yeah, not, not really, but... Um, yeah, looking forward to this race, and you can see already how far spread out they are, and there's a lot less swimmers in the two-kilometre event. Obviously, Buttes, because, yeah, it's a lot more difficult to get through. Yeah, no doubt about it, and obviously it appears that for some of these athletes, the 1K was just the warm-up for this thing. Yeah, and I reckon at the moment, you, you tell me, Buttes, I reckon at least 200 metres between the leaders yeah. and the backmarkers in this race. Easily, easily is. And I, there is one definite absentee from this 2K race, and that is one Laurie McKinna. Yeah. Hopefully we'll come up and we'll have a chat to you later on. And a shame Hayden Smith isn't here either. So mm. he's one of the superstars from this surf club. I'll tell you who is in this race, Dan Kingsley mm-hmm. from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. Now, he's an outstanding swimmer and I've got some money on him, particularly he'll win his age group. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Ian Moose-Rebilliard is here, Terrigal local, and this must fill your heart with joy seeing the ocean swim at Terrigal Surf Club. Yeah, it's nice to see it back, Steve, and uh, obviously two full fields. I heard you mention Buttes Laurie. Well, I know he did the 1K a little bit earlier. Very proud of that because he has his... uh the, the Scottish group here every morning doing the Scozies. So obviously he uh, he was probably uh, peaking for this event. Good to see and uh, look forward to listening to him a little bit later. Yeah, and you are right. Uh, you know, for the last couple of years, the pandemic's affected everything, including ocean swimming. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was actually out earlier this morning and it was good to see the setup. And I, I said to Chris, I said, oh, obviously it's the ocean, ocean swims back. So it's just, uh, it's an iconic, you know, Terrigal event and it's just nice that it's back today. Hey, uh, earlier Adam back at headquarters mentioned the NBL results all thanks to KO. You can catch the NBL on KO and, S- and ESPN. Last night, Sydney Kings winners over the Hawks, 89-79 and good to see the Jack Jumpers in the finals in their inaugural year and there's a Central Coast connection there but they went down to Melbourne United, 74-63. Yeah, I watched that game and uh, to see Matty Kenyon who came through the academy, he was obviously a, a crusader as well, starting for the Jack Jumpers. Just nice to see and I actually uh, had a shout out to him before, before the game. Just a lovely kid, um, realising his dreams and uh, unfortunate result for them. And I look at Melbourne and think, crikey, you know, how, out, how do you beat them? Um, they are just so deep. You, you know, you're bringing Barlow and Newley off the bench. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, it's like, wow, they're, they're hard to beat. And the Kings, a big performance going down at Wollongong last night. 
that's a big win down in the gong. It's obviously a hostile environment. It's uh, there's that friendly New South Wales rivalry. Well, I say friendly. There's that New South Wales rivalry that has always existed with the Hawks and Sydney. You know the Sydney, the 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 argument at Illawarra is, you know Sydney have the money, they have the the population base, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But interestingly, you've got two players in that Sydney Kings outfit from Wollongong, <laughs> and so. It's just an interesting rivalry, and to get a win down in the gong, it's a, it's a great get for Sydney, and the Kings are set up very well to advance to the grand final. Yeah, and uh, another Central Coast connection, Jaden Hodgson, has been at the Kings. You, you won't see too many stats for him. You won't see too many minutes, but he has got a crack. Well, that's right, and he, uh, I think, more recently went to Cairns. I saw he was on the bench last night, not suited up. But again, uh, an athlete that's come through our systems up here on the coast, so uh, Jaden is a... You know, he's a bench player, a, a development player in that role. He's just biding his time, waiting for, for the chance. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got Adams and uh, he's got some good players in front of him in, in Angus Glover, Vasilovic, and obviously the MVP. So, you know, he's, he's learning every time he's at training. And, uh, you know, he, he in time will get a, a full, a full uh, contract, I'm sure, with yeah, the Kings. fantastic. Hey, uh, Moose, uh, the NBA, any surprises with Milwaukee, the reigning champions, downing the Bulls 4-1 in their series? 116-100 to 100 in, in the final match. Warriors over the Nuggets, 102-98. They win that series 4-1. A uh, big win for the 76ers over the Raptors. I'm just trying to find your team here. I know you're a massive fan of the Celtics. Well, I, I am a fan of the Celtics, and, and I know, you know, they're having, having been to the gardens and watched some games there, the history in that club and the passion that those players, as soon as you put on a green jersey, Look out. And, yeah. uh, and they swept their series against the Nets. And they're now after Steve Nash's head. You know, he obviously had that close uh, partnership with Durant, but it wasn't to be. But, you know, what they faced, I guess, with transfers, with injuries, with the whole box and dice around COVID, the fact that Irving wouldn't suit up because he wasn't uh, vaccinated, you know, I mean, there are so many things that are in a way out of the control of the coach, but. The old story, players win games, coaches lose them, and as soon as you lose the series, <laughs> his neck's on the block. Did we see during the week Ben Simmons uh, not suit up for his team because he had a sore back? Yeah, I get, I get asked a lot about Ben Simmons. Um, you know, obviously he's got some demons that he's trying to deal with and, uh, you know, the mental health issues, the transfer when they traded Simmons for Harden. Harden's gone to the 76ers and it's you know, playing a great role with them. So, yeah, I'm not sure, Buttes, but I know his father would be feeling the same pain that probably a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah you know, Buttes... Also, the lower part of the back, as in around the bum region, perhaps. Uh, pain in the... <laughs> you know, though, Buttes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did mention to my son, Corey, uh, you know, who's studying psychology at, at university at Newcastle, and I said to him that Twitter's blown up about Ben Simmons yeah. and about his back pain, and, and Corey said to me his first comment was... It shows how seriously some people take mental health issues. Now, yeah, if that's what it is, like, because he's had ongoing issues, is that correct? Well, he has. And, you know, obviously he had that when he had a poor performance with the 76ers during the last, not this year, but the previous year in their playoffs. It's easy to point the finger and blame. 
Um, but, you know, and you'd know this, Buttes, in, in professional sport, it, it's easy to point a finger and blame someone if your results aren't going your way. And then it's how emotionally resilient are the players. And if you've got some cracks in that armoury, it gets exposed. And I, I, I feel for Simmons because you just don't know the whole story. It is, as a professional sportsman, it's probably one of, you know, outside of politics, it's probably one of the most exposed areas... Right, and if you have those weaknesses or you know those cracks in your armor, then it can just absolutely bring you down and tear you apart. Yeah, if you look at Twitter every weekend, yeah, and particularly some of the big leagues around the world, there'll be 60 or 70,000 tweets about a, an individual player, Correct. and you just have to stay off social media. Just a quick update on this two kilometer swim wow, you can see there's a league group that I reckon would be 70 or 80 metres in front. Would that be correct, Michael? I think so. And the thing about it is they're all within five metres of each other. So we've got five or six swimmers there that are going to really battle it out in this final K. I can tell you why they're so far in front. So if you were to go down the local pool, all of those swimmers in the front pack, they probably do average their cycle would be about one minute 15 per 100 meters and they'd hold that so they'd probably sit around 110 or faster they'd have a couple of seconds rest and they go again that next group that are probably 70 or 80 meters behind they're probably swimmers that average they're 115 120 maybe one between 125 120 and then you've got to pack even further back that down the local pool they'd average one minute 30 for their hundreds So that's why they're spread out so much. So you've got serious, seriously elite swimmers up the front, but fantastic to watch. Hey, Moose, you brought a whole bunch of pamphlets here. Next weekend, this is going to be amazing. Tony Clark mentioned Brad Donald earlier. He's going to be here, as well as a plethora of high-profile coaches. Well, it's a, it's a groundbreaking move for the regional academies of sport, and we have over 150 of our head coaches from across New South Wales converging on the coast on Friday for a full weekend of coach education. And the names that we've been able to attract are simply outstanding. You mentioned Brad, Brad Donald, but we've got Lee Blaney, you know, the young Matildas coach, Clint Newton. And I feel for Clint, obviously, you know, the recent passing of his dad who did so much for golf in, in New South Wales, really, in, and in Australia. So Clint will be here, Kerry Potas, Paul Smith, a good friend of mine, the, the owner of the Sydney Kings. So we've got head coaches, we've got athletes that are coming through, Nicola McDermott, Matt Horsnell, um, Stuart Leong, you know, another golf contact. And then we've got an NIS, uh, sorry, a New South Wales Institute of, Institute of Sport high performance panel with uh, Sean Eady, Adam Cale, Sally Walker. Like, it's just a lineup that, well, as I say, it's unmatched. It's the first time the regional academies have done this. It will be just simply outstanding, and we are so looking forward to it. It's going to be unreal. And, of course, we've got the number one MC uh, giving us a hand as well, which uh, shouldn't go missed. Ching, ching. There had to be a dollar in there somewhere, didn't there, steve Yeah, well, mate, uh, I, just I, got... I can't say that on the air. No, of Quality remains, Buttes, no. long after the price oh, is forgotten. Talk, steve, I've got a message from uh, Bluey, a.k.a. the Narc. Yes. Who actually, you were talking about the swimming and the slipstreaming? Yes. And he said, you've been slipstreaming me for years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you, the NARC would like to know that the young man sent off last night too, went to Palm Beach, Grumman High. Oh, uh, go. Got to mention Palm Beach, Grumman every show. Every uh, so which of these seminars are you really looking forward to seeing next week? I mean, oh. Kerry Potas has just come off uh, your SAS Australia, which was awesome to watch. 
And, you know, she was kind of flying the flag for, you know, middle-aged women in that and didn't want to give up and showed her strength and resilience. Um, you know, I'd really be interested in hearing from Stuart Leong the way that Australian golf is going at the moment. But how about for you? Yeah, well, we've got, again, such a mix. We've got, you know, these high-quality coaches. We've got owners. We've got athletes that have come through. And if you think of the audience... They're the next set of emerging coaches that are going to provide the instruction across so many areas. But if I was to pick, oh, it's going to be hard, but if oh. I was to pick one, you shouldn't do that. But Michael Scott, who's actually working with NSWIS at the moment to put the plans in place for Brisbane 30, uh, 2032 yeah, yeah. as a high-performance manager, what is required for our athletes to get to Brisbane, that to me, in the seat that I occupy, is of real importance and uh, I look forward to meeting him and learning from him. Hey, boys, I think we've got to go to a break, but um, I will say this, that if you want to look at a prototype for a coach that's kind of smashing it at the moment, uh, I know we talk a lot about NRL, but I'd say Nick Montgomery. Mm. Look at the pathways he's created at the Central Coast Mariners with that academy system, and now they've got to the point where it's next man up. It doesn't matter who puts the shirt on now. They're ready. You know what I found out? My son told me yesterday they, they're in the top 20 teams in the world, yeah. right, for using youth players' game time. In the world. All the soccer teams in the world, they're in the yes. top 20. Yeah. Right? And that's a, that's a credit to Nick Montgomery. Three or four years of being in charge of that academy. And finally, we're seeing the fruits of his labour come true. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask Nick about that this morning. But uh, the other team as well that have done a superb job is the Perth Glory yep. having a really tough year this year sitting on the bottom of the table. But in terms of blooding young talent, they've also gone down that line. And you know, Nick would talk at length about him coming through that Sheffield United Academy as well. Moose, stay with us. We're off to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. We've had the one-kilometre swim, and now the two-kilometre event is on. And I'd say, Buttes, they're probably in the home straight. And one guy... Well, 21 minutes gone. We think the winners will be home in around about the 28-minute mark. But one guy who did the one-kilometre race, he's alongside us, the former mayor, the former inaugural coach of the Central Coast Mariners. And uh, what? And apparently the only reason he didn't do the 2K was because we needed him in. No, it was because I'd done the 1K in 32 minutes. <laughs> That's the reason I'm not out there anymore and my breathing was getting a bit erratic. <laughs> Laurie McKinnon, great to see you, my friend. And uh, how'd it feel out there? How'd it feel? No, no, it was good. We weren't sure if we were going to do it. I thought it was a bit rough this morning, but no, I'm, I'm glad I've done it now. And my big goal was not to finish last. And I had some guy outside of me that I had him. I knew I had him and I was scared to look behind me in case there was nobody else. <laughs> yeah. And I would have bottled it then. But yeah. no, nah, I came over the finish line strong. That was great. It was, and it's just meeting a lot of people who you see down here. It's just a great community event. Where was the guy? Outside of you. Outside. Outside. I just had the elbows up in case he was trying to get past. So I was just going to give him a wee jab there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, isn't there, it, are, there are a few sharks out there. Isn't it great to see the event back, though? Oh, no, it's great. And it was disappointing a few weeks ago in the 
organisers told me as of two days ago they only had about 90 registered and as this morning they had about 250 yeah. which was fantastic everybody's got behind it. Yeah I heard the same thing my wife Sharon did the one kilometre swim and she said that uh, she saw on Facebook that you know if they don't get more numbers they're going to struggle so I'm really proud of the community for rallying around this. Oh no definitely and you can see they all know each other it's just a good social thing out there and I was just worried when I saw these guys, like they've got bodies like Buttes, you know, they all, I was worried. <laughs> I wouldn't have been worried if Buttes was down there with his budgie smugglers oh, on. No. I knew that I had him, but... You, yeah. You've seen me swim. Uh, it is pretty, it's very, very sluggish. Hey, Laurie, you've got a, uh, you've got a foot in both camps. Uh, what a derby last week. Central Coast Mariners under Nick Montgomery, 4-2 winners. Plenty of controversy. Uh, your thoughts? I know, I thought it was a very entertaining game and going up 3-0 at half time and Newcastle had a lot of that early pressure, you know, they were, yeah. um, the man sat back and caught them on the break. And to be up 3-0, you know, you go in there, you go, you've got this wrapped up. But the next five minutes, two goals, 3-2, charge of the light brigade, all sorts of pressure. Then Monty got the boys settled down and they could have stole a couple of goals at the end as well. So well deserved and it's, they're a big game tonight, big game tonight against Western United. Then you've got the other, the derby in a week's time. He's and that could be the Manners going for them, that final spot. So the punters down here have to get up off their backsides and get out there and support them. He's done a great job, I've got to say, when you consider where they were 10, 11 weeks ago, 10, 11 rounds ago. You know, the writing was on the wall in terms of they knew they had a job to do. They knew how many wins they had to get. And they're on target. No, they're on target. And credit goes to Monty as well. A lot of these young boys that have came through, they've not just appeared. Monty coached them in the, the youth Academy. team over the last couple of years. Yeah. And they've come through, and he's no hesitation chucking these young boys in. And I think they're playing above their years, a lot of these boys. Yeah, I think finally, though, yeah. Butes, uh, and we mentioned it earlier with Nick, that final third is just smoking at the moment. Like Cummings, what an acquisition he's been. I know you'd like to talk about him in particular, but... I've loved Aranya. You've got Benny Ancololo, who's playing unreal, and, and Maresh as well. What a superb goal he scored to open the account last week. Going back a few months ago and at the beginning of the season, you look at the bench, and that's where the, you know there were no impact coming off the bench. Now they've got that impact. They've got boys coming off the bench that make a difference. You know, yeah. you, you look at that goal last week. Uh, you look at the goal last week in the whatever, 80 or minute. I think Whoa. it's his first touch. What a finish. Yeah. You know, I just want him to start doing those somersaults and backflips because <laughs> I love a celebration. It's funny. We spoke to, I spoke to Monty about that. The fact that as a coach, when you make changes, not only do you want those players to come in and up the tempo, but you want them to have an impact. They have and, to make a difference. And, and, and they, they're doing it. There were many weeks that there were nobody coming off the bench, and that's no disrespect for the boys. But now you had Urania last week. Matty Hatch is yeah, scoring goals left, right, coming on. So it's, they've got a wee bit of depth. You look at them on paper, you go, who are these boys? But you actually, if you've been watching them all season, they've came in and they've established themselves as A-League players now. Yes. 4.05 is kickoff this afternoon against Western United. They're in a battle to win the Premier's plate, but... Last time they met in Ballarat, really, the Mariners should have collected all three points. Yeah, well, Cummings missed a penalty in the last few minutes. You know, um, it was really even game. Um, that's when Cummings done the interview after the game and says, look, I don't even know where I am. Where, where is this place? Like Ballarat. So, um, not a great advert for Ballarat. But, no, Cummings, he's got a great left peg on him. Him and Urania, I think, have built that understanding over the last few weeks. Um, Urania's kind of probably just flattened out a wee bit. 
but they're coming into two huge games and then Brisbane Brisbane on Wednesday night and it'll be good to see John Aloisi former Manor's player 2008 uh, coming back up he's done a fantastic job hey Buta a couple of players that have impressed me so Dan Hall yep. he's behind Ru, he's behind Rue Antonyuk at the start of the year gets an opportunity and seizes the moment the other player that's really kind of grown on me too in the midfield is Max Ballard uh, I feel like at the start of the season you know he hadn't played many minutes so the jury was out but he's growing into that role Miller? Uh, Max Ballard alright yeah no like I think if you go through the full team, you look at the beginning of the season to now, how those boys are playing, especially that Ollie's been out. You look, a lot of these kids have stepped up. These boys have become men. Yeah, because what happens, and Buttes will know this every bit as good as me, you chuck you chuck these boys in, they sink or swim, excuse the pun, Yeah, yeah. and these boys have started swimming, and they, they're all in the 2K race, basically. They're flying. Moose, yeah. we go back to the uh, academy program next week with the coaches. You've got Laurie McKinner in. What, what are you expecting from Yeah, me? talk about salary, Pat. <laughs> yeah. How have you done yeah, this? Yeah, well, Laurie will give us an insight into, uh, I, I would think, firstly, the success he enjoyed and how he engaged the community mm. with his players and maybe the difference between the Central Coast, the Jets. I mean, it's always good to compare how different teams are managed and operated and those types of stories. And, of course... He's just a bit of a funny bugger, so you know <laughs> you're going to be guaranteed that there'll be a few, a few humorous laughs. stories told at yeah. dinner time. Hey boys, uh, we're here. We go oh, the, the end of the two, the end of the two-kilometer race, and the the winner here. It looks like the same guy that won the one-kilometer race. There's Nick Kelly on the microphone in the background. So I would say that's Irwin Mulatto. He's, I, I'd say he's gone back-to-back. We'll confirm that for you. In the end, he's won by probably oh. 40 or 50 metres. Look at this, though. 40, 50 metres, and look who's coming in second. Second place. It's the young lady. In fact, there's two young ladies here. They're going to find it out. They second could go second and third. I think Speed's going to make the difference. The young fella gets across the line third, but yeah. what an effort that was. Stephanie Carey looks like she's in fourth place. So Jasmine is. Alexi, who runs second, what a terrific finish. I think Ben Kingsley is there, so... He's a Masters athlete from Shelley Beach. And it looks like that big unit from Sydney Uni, I think, steve crossed the line Well, there. he looked like a specimen. Yes, he was. There's not many of us left. Yeah, so fantastic job. Erwin Mulatto goes back-to-back. Jasmine Alexiou in second place. Fourth place is Stephanie Carey. Ben Kingsley is there. Uh, Daniel Kingsley, I should say, is there in fifth place we've, from Shelley Beach. We've got two of the top four being female. What an outstanding effort that is from those young ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back to Ian Moose Rebilliard. You're in the middle of telling us about next Saturday night and having the superstar, Laurie McKenna, on the bill. But there's also, there's going to be a few others in that keynote session. Yeah, well, we've got, uh, we've got Clint Newton coming for a fireside chat and uh, as well Paul Smith. And again, the idea of this, you know, Clint Newton, obviously a, a high-performing athlete. Now he's in the uh, Rugby League Players Association, the CEO of that. Paul Smith as an organisation's owner, what he looks at for coaching and how, how to uh, ensure that the appointments meet the cultural elements of a club. And, of course, you've got Laurie there, obviously, as well, with that great level of experience in the field of football. Great to see you, Moose. Uh, Laurie, I want to ask you one more question. If the Mariners can get over Western United this afternoon, do you really start to believe? I mean, at the moment, it's all about qualifying, holding that top six position. But if they can knock off Western United, who are running second, just behind City, do you feel like it could be the year of the Mariner? 
No, definitely. Because they've got so many young boys in the team, there's not a lot of fear there now. They've went, they went through that dip in the middle of the season, so a lot of teams go through that dip. I think the Manners have been through it. They get a win tonight or even a draw. A draw tonight, Monty would have to be happy. But they go into the Brisbane game, which is a great chance of winning the same as the Jets. If they can get results in the next three games, they'll go into that final series full of confidence. Yeah. And, and you never know if the come dogs scoring a few goals, anything can happen. Uh, great to see you, my friend. Uh, thanks also to Ian Moose Rebilliard. Off to the news. We're back in a moment. We'll recap everything that's unfolded in the 2K swim. And we'll also catch up with Nerida Stewart, head coach of the Australian men's netball team. Her New South Wales side were national champions last week down in Adelaide. Mm. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. Live from Terrigal Surf Saving Club. Absolutely love watching these events. In fact, there's still... Michael, oh. there'd still be 50 or 60 swimmers still in action in this yeah. 2K race. I reckon there's still people that may have some seven, eight, maybe ten minutes to go, which can be pretty demoralising, I reckon. Yeah, congratulations to our winner, Erwin Mulatto, who won the 1K race and the 2K. Jasmine Alexiou in second place. Third place, but second in the men is Chris Wilson, who's just down below us. He's from Belmont. He's one of our youngest crossing the line now. Yeah, look at him. Chris Wilson from Belmont, who uh, actually raced last week in the Caves Beach Ocean Swim. And you said one of the junior athletes has just crossed the line? Just crossed the line, yeah. It must have been 15 or 16, I reckon. It was a great effort from the young fella. Yeah, in uh, fourth place, Stephanie Carey, so the second female home. And then Dan Kingsley from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club, followed by Tom Kearns. Uh, So Kearnsy, he's the one with the Sydney Uni swimmers on. So I wonder if he's a relation to the great man Phil Kearns. Phil Kearns, yeah, I wonder if there is a relation. And, of course, Phil Kearns' daughter Matilda goes to University of Southern California and is on the Australian water polo team. There you go. There you go. There's a connection, Steve. Yeah, so loving this event. There was a, a pretty heavy shower that came through and it smoothed off the conditions. Earlier it was fairly bumpy, but now it's ideal for ocean swimming. Hey, waiting patiently on the line is Nerida Stewart. We need to give her a standing ovation, Buttes. Her team, New South Wales, the men's netball side, national champions in an absolute thriller last week. Good morning, Nerida, and how's the week of celebrations been? Uh, Good morning, fellas. It's been... um been a long week. It was started off with a two-day drive home from Adelaide with my manager, Rebecca Rodwell. And um, I think we were a little bit tired after the big week to, to, to really get into the celebration. So we're going to save those for another day, I think, and uh, relive the moment. Yeah, tell us about the final because, I mean, it, was, it went right down to the wire. Was it three goals, the difference? Yeah, we ended up winning 44 to 41. We knew it was going to be a pretty close game. We'd come up against Vix twice in the rounds and I think the first round we'd, we'd taken them by six goals and the second was a two-goal win. Um, so we knew it was going to be a, a pretty tight tight match. And I, I think whenever you get to finals in any sport, it's sort of like a reset button, isn't it? And whether you've sort of come in top of the table or not, it's about you know who wants it more on the day. And luckily for me, the, the boys were in a really calm headspace and... We're really sticking to process and what the team game plan was and 
And a lot of people have asked me heading into that last quarter how I was feeling and I must have been really stressed. But I, I was honestly really calm, like giving them the last little debrief before they went out. Their, their faces were calm. They looked like they knew what they had to do. And, and I was pretty confident that they were going to get it across the line. So um, it, was a, it was a great win and, and it popped off a fantastic week. Yeah, good on you, Nerodine. Congratulations for your effort. But also congratulations. Now you've been selected as the Australian men's coach which is absolutely Hi. phenomenal, and congratulations on that. What does that mean for you? Where do you, who do you compete against? What sort of tournaments have we got coming up? Um, look, it's a fantastic opportunity, and I'm really excited about it. We actually just had um, Rebecca Rodwell was named manager as well at the, wow. uh, at the celebrations on Saturday. So the, the dynamic duo stay together, I suppose. But um, for us, it, it now, you know, I've got to be a little bit tight-lipped at the moment because in the next couple of weeks there's some massive announcements coming out with the men's program and um you know a lots of opportunity there for for the players and and for the sport itself to be sort of showcased so mm. we're really excited about that um so now it's just about getting the boys recovered from such a massive week a bit of um recovery and rehab on those little injury niggles and then we'll get into some sort of individual review stuff and and hopefully be able to plan around these these huge announcements that I wish I'd be able to talk about, but I can't. Um, but um, it's going to be an exciting year for men's netball and an exciting year for netball as a whole too, I think. Yeah. In this New South Wales team, there's a real Central Coast connection, apart from Rebecca Rodwell, some of the players who just excelled. Yeah, we've had um, Liam Forkadilla was in the Opens, Opens men's team and he had a brilliant tournament. He was just on form the entire, the entire week and managed to gain Aussie selections into the squad, which was um, very well deserved. And then we also, uh, which I didn't realise until later, had a player in my team, Tyler Knight, who, who uh, stems from Tukli, the Tukli-based boy, and he had a fantastic national for his first cap and, and uh, performed well as well. And then the young Noah Stevenson, who's in the New South Wales 17, uh, whilst the team probably didn't get the the bickies and the trophies that they wanted at the end, he managed to gain Aussie selections into the Australian 17s, which is a massive achievement for him and something he's been working towards for a really long time. So, yeah, the coast, coast did very well. Uh, Nerida, I was at the Swiss match last week and they went down to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. One thing I have noticed just Googling netball this morning is some cruel bullying, uh, which Netball Australia has condemned. Now, I did see this. So it was Kate Walsh and it was her defence and it was on one of the young Swiss players. It was on Sophie Fawns. But I didn't know that this had blown up. Have you followed this story at all? Yeah, I, I sort of picked up on this midweek and um, it's it sort, of, sort of been really blown up. And I, I guess it comes back to that, you know, social media and, and what it can actually do, um, you know, to sort of allow stories like this to blow up beyond what they probably need to be but um, I think look uh, for me watching the footage I, I sort of looked at it and I thought it was a little bit of a welcome to the party from Kate to Sophie and um, I, I think Kate's got such a, a massive history in the sport and is a phenomenal athlete and, and Sophie's just come to the game really fresh and baby faced and, and I think it was just that you know okay so here I am ready to play um, unfortunately we just caught that all on camera there's so much going off the ball with that sort of stuff these days but you know I think it was just happened to be right there on the camera for us and 
whilst it's probably not in the spirit of the game, it's there. We have to recognise that it's there. It's always there. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for, for coaches and, and players to sort of, you know, redirect players when that, that sort of happens. But, you know, hats off to Soap. She took it on the chin and, and probably tried to give a little bit of argy-bargy back. But I think um, it's just uncalled for. You, you can't sort of go onto social media and start attacking people personally for this sort of stuff. And I sort of really feel for Kate in that department. And I'm glad to see that that Nepal Australia have really stepped up and protected her and, and that's what should be done. And I don't think we should need to give any more credit to these people that are looking for this story to blow up. So... Um, yeah, yeah. Really. we spoke about social media earlier and, you know, some of the superstars around the world and you just have to stay off social media entirely. Uh, you certainly need a thick skin, there's no doubt about that. So Swifts, you know, they went down to the Sunshine Coast Lightning, they played the Firebirds this afternoon. I think they're really starting to find it difficult without Sam Wallace. Good news, though, for the Giants is they're in the top four and they face the Lightning uh, tomorrow with the first centre at 2 o'clock. Yeah, I think that Giants-Lightning game is going to be an absolute cracker because they're both both sitting at... Giants are sitting fourth and Lightning is sitting fifth, but they're both on, on 12 points. So I think it's that, that big game, you know, heading into second second round of who wants to be in that top four bracket. And I think that both of them are really firing at the moment. So I'm really excited to watch watch that one. And I think the, um, the Swiss game is going to be great too. I think whilst there's that... You know, old player camaraderie between Megan and, and Bryony as, as past Swiss players and then now coaching at different ends of the bench. I think that they'll really want to sort of get... Swiss are going to want to get off that bottom bottom rung, that they're in the bottom two, and, and Firebirds are going to want to secure that top four. So I think that's going to be another great game. And I'd like to see Swiss really embrace this new style of play. I'm, I'm watching, you know, the likes of Helen and Sophie and Helen and... And Kelly, I think it brings a whole new dynamic to their game and one which I think a lot of the other teams probably hadn't planned for when they've come up against Swift. So I'd really like to see them embrace that speed and that moving surface style of play and, and see what they can do with that because I think it'll be a very different second half of the season if they do. Yeah, I agree with you. I've actually loved watching them play without Sam Wallace because they've had to reinvent the wheel in some ways. Uh, one final question for you about the national championships for the men. What's the general consensus after this tournament going ahead? We've already heard there's 100,000 men that play netball in Australia, in Australia mm. and so much to look forward to moving forward. But what about the general overview and, and consensus after the national championships? Well, the, the national body now have put out a stake in the game review um, in response to Netball Australia's State of the Game review. And, and basically, it takes opportunity like nationals and making it sort of high... We're highlighting it to the community. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there on the South Australian men's and mixed netball page which shows all the footage from the game. I think people need to get their eyes across it because some of the gameplay there was just phenomenal. Like, the skill set that these boys have um, and the style of netball that they put out there is just ridiculous. It was sort of like, you know, whoever was the last man standing at the end of the week. Um, so I think if anyone can get their eyes across it and then have a look at the stake in the game review, which is on the AMNA website, um, you'll really see that netball, especially in the men's and mixed space, is really trying to forge ahead and work with the Netball Australia and the, and the female netball community to see how we can grow the sport as a whole and and project it forward on the international and national circuits. 
Yeah, congratulations again, Nerida. Great to have you on the show, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. It's always great to talk about men's netball. Yeah. yeah. Nerida Stewart joining us, the coach of the Australian men's netball team and also the New South Wales side. Well done to Rebecca Rodwell as well, who's yes. been named as manager of the Australian team. We're live from Terrigal Surf Club. And Buttes, you're exactly right. Still probably about 20 to 30 swimmers completing this 2K event. The winners probably finished about, would you say, 15 minutes ago? Oh, yeah, 50, yeah, 15. Yeah, definitely 15 minutes ago. Erwin Mulatto went back-to-back. He won the 1K and the 2K. Jasmine Alexio in second place. Chris Wilson in third place from Belmont, but the second male home. Stephanie Carey, fourth place, but the second female. And second, third, and fourth, you could fl- throw a blanket over them. Uh, decisive win for Erwin Mulatto. Uh, in the 2K event. Off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club for the Ocean Swim Classic today, and it's just been a wonderful event to watch. The 1K race was at 9 o'clock. The 10K race, it's still going. We're still seeing some backmarkers come around the final cans on their way back to the beach. And it's been terrific. So we had a, a swimmer win both races, the 1 and 2K events. And really the standout today have been some of the young ladies. So Erwin Mulatto won the 1K and the 2K. Jasmine Alexio... Uh, who also medalled in the 1K event. She ran second in the 2K. Fantastic swim. And you know what? I think she probably was, what, some 10, 15 seconds tops behind. Yeah. Phenomenal effort. Yeah. Third place, Chris Wilson from Belmont Surf Life Saving Club, Swansea Belmont. And I think he's a lifeguard up there. Steph Carey in fourth place. Daniel Kingsley in fifth. And Tommy Kearns in sixth place. Butes, I didn't see too much of the AFL last night. I was watching uh, Friday Night Footy in the NRL, and I've got to say, I was loving seeing Gosford on the national stage. Not only did we see Gosford on the national stage, we saw it at its best. There was an amazing crowd there at the uh, the NRL last night, you know, the Rabbitohs Manly game. Great to see so many people out. Great to see them getting behind. You know, one thing I do remember when I played with the Bears, we came up here and had trial matches. Any time we played against South Sydney or the Balmain Tigers there were always massive crowds. And it was no surprise last night, South Sydney bringing a game up here yeah. that people got behind him. Well, I, I love the, um, the drone shot last night. Yep. And it shows what a, what a gorgeous place we live in and also the potential for the city of Gosford moving forward. Mate, it it is, could be one of the world's great cities. It is without doubt one of the best stadiums going around in terms of its location. That and Wollongong are absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I will say this about the AFL. I saw some posts on social media on twitter uh richmond have hammered the west coast 165 to 56 yeah a lot of the comments were the west coast eagles should go back to the waffle because that's the standard they're playing at in fact they're playing worse than a lot of the people are saying that it's just not good enough yeah from the pride of the west well it appears that they are a side at the moment who every team is looking to rebuild or start their season on the back of playing against the eagles and that's really sad because Richmond haven't been going well, but they absolutely dominated and, you know, a 109-point victory. 
massive. A lot of the comments were we'd rather see some kids come out of the waffle that are going to play their heart out. And so they've got a lot of work to do. Butes, I want to ask you, we're off to a break, but I want to ask you if my team has got any chance this afternoon. The Bulldogs, we were pretty good against Brisbane, but we faded away in the second 40. Can we down the Sydney Roosters? They're also coming off a loss against the West Tigers. We'll talk about the West Tigers up against St. George Illawarra. Mm. Two teams in the bottom half of the eight, but that could be one of the best games of the weekend. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club, Michael, we might be seeing the final swimmer we, in the 2K. Yes, we are. It's taken some 56 minutes. What an amazing achievement. Well done. Yeah, well when done, you consider well the winners have done the race in you know, sub-30, yeah. uh, congratulations to everyone who's taken part. Thank you so much to Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club for having us back on the balcony here. I move, emotion. I move emotion, Buttes. I know we're at Mingara next week, but this could be home base. Thanks to Robson Civil Projects. Thanks to KO. Catch every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. Thank you also to McDonald Jones Homes. Thanks to our Lockie, our technician. Uh, also, uh, it's not Rhiannon, it's Roxanne. I knew it was the, uh, I knew it was the name of a famous song. Famous song, yeah, yeah. Not a famous singer. Yeah. That was a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thanks to Adam back at headquarters. Great update today too, Butes. How would you analyse his NBL update? Well, he nailed it because he had to go to the news with that um, update. And he yeah. just... Absolutely killed it. Well done, Adam. Yeah, Butes, in, HQ. In, a, uh, in a couple of words, uh, are the Bulldogs any chance against the Roosters? Well, mate, I said last week that the West Tigers were no chance against uh, the Rabbitohs. I backed them in. And they proved me wrong. So everyone's a chance. And that's what I love about this competition. One thing I do know, Roosters don't lose two games in a row that yeah. often. Eels up against the Cowboys. That game in Darwin. Yeah, Eels for mine. They, they were too good last week against Newcastle, and I'll take that form. But having said that, Cowboys were very good last week. I, yeah. I'm impressed and, with that. And two informed teams in 10 words or less, Dragons, West Tigers. I, I've tipped the Dragons. I think they'll just be too good down in Wollongong. Gee, they were physical last week. They were really were. And great to see Luke Brooks get the field goal. The week before that, it was Jackson Hastings. Yeah. Uh, what a fantastic morning. Can't thank Terrigal Surf Club enough. We've seen the 1K and the 2K events. And just great that they're back on after everything we've been through. Thanks for listening this morning. Don't forget the Catch Up podcast. You can download, download that later in the day. We'll see you next Saturday.